Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello again, Pats, pals, and Foxborough friends. We welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast brought to you by WEEI, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. And boy, do we have a humdinger for you this week. That's right. The age of Hoya the Destroyer is upon us. I know your souls are as twisted as Mac Jones's ankle, but don't you worry. Jumbo Hart and I are here to help you. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. To get ready for what easily is going to not be the game of the century as the Patriots travel to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field to take on a potentially underrated Packers team. They're sitting at two and one in the season. Your Patriots are one and two coming off of a, a bummer, if you will, of a loss at home, 11 points to the Ravens to give you a, an idea as to what's going on with the Packers out in the land of the Cheeseheads. We're going to have the host of the Locked On Packers podcast, Peter Bukowski, to join us 
tell us what's up with AA Ron and company and how they're preparing to defend against Brian Hoyer, Bill Belichick and company. Then Andy's going to get a chance to catch up with Mass Live's Chris Mason on the Pats beat to get a feel for what's going on in Foxborough and who's going to be under center for the Pats this week. We all know it's going to be Brian Hoyer. And then lastly, Andy and I will give you our analysis and predictions for the big game Sunday at 425 from the frozen tundra. But first, we're locked on Packers with Peter Bukowski. Pleased to be joined on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast in our Patriots at Packers preview by the host of the Locked on Packers podcast and also the man behind The Leap, one of the best fan sites full of analysis and so much more about the Green Bay Packers, the one and only Peter Bukowski. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today, buddy. It's good to be here. It's a it's a battle of accents. Um, and, and I don't know who's got a better one, but, but it's two great ones in terms of, you know, you got, you got I, my, one of my, my college roommates was from Gloucester. So I, I made fun of the way he talks and he made fun of the way I talk. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm not sure what America loves or loathes more saying like Packers or Packers. I mean, as somebody who's from the new England area, but who has family in Wisconsin, I know that America is kind of in their post-peak Affleck, like we're done with Boston and all of that charm, the Brady 20 years and the double dynasty. Like, I feel like there's an embrace of all things Wisconsin and Midwest these days. They brought Fargo back, put it on TV. It's a great show. Like, come on. This is this is the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, series right. just came out on Netflix. My dad used to get his razor sharpened at the same place that that guy used to get his knife sharpened. Wild. Wow. If there's if there's one thing okay. that's going to unite us all, it's an appreciation of a person who used to freeze and eat people. So, and speaking <laughs> of getting frozen and getting eaten, the Patriots are going to Lambeau this weekend. <laughs> um, so, just to, before we get into uh, how many points we think the Packers are probably going to win by this weekend, Peter, just give me like a, a state of the Packers right now. Um, you know, does Coach Matt LaFleur, does he treat the first part of the season the same way Bill Belichick does, like extended preseason, feeling out the team to see where they are? Now, obviously, your quarterback, one of the greatest of all time, is healthy and is probably picking up steam, whereas the Patriots are kind of in turmoil with an injured starting quarterback right now. So what's the health of the Packers and where are they at heading into week four? Yeah, I don't know if it's by design that Matt LaFleur does that. I don't know that Matt LaFleur necessarily wants to do that, but I think that's just, that's where this team has landed. And I, I think part of that is, and and I'm sure, you know, Patriots players and coaches felt this too. When your, your focus is December, January, hopefully February, it, it makes sense that it's just sort of hard to get up for these week one games when you're, when you're being told all, all year, all off season that this is about Super Bowls. Okay. So then why do I care about week one? And the last two years, the Packers have come out pretty flat in week one. Um, they also are on the we don't play our guys train in preseason. Um, and and Matt LaFleur acted like all summer he was going to change that. Like in training camp, he's like, well, I haven't made a decision yet. And the guys want to play. The defense wanted to play and then didn't. And then we saw what happened in week one. They didn't really play in week one either. Forgot Justin Jefferson was on the field like four or five times. And that's just not going to work. Part of that too, I think, you know, you look at the last two years, guys, Joe Barry in week one, the defensive coordinator played this like very uh, vanilla defense, both, both years in week one, it's weird. And then immediately made adjustments in week two. And it's just sort of like, can you skip to the part where you do the thing where you make the adjustments? And like, we know that the umbrella thing doesn't work. You can't just play the base vanilla, the whole game. 
you need to add the chocolate chips and the sprinkles and the hot fudge and all the good stuff, especially when you have those guys. But the Seahawks did it for years with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and those teams. The Patriots seem to do it for years with Tom Brady, um, where they they just like not that they threw away the season, but what the Bel the Belichick line was always like we, we don't know what we are until Thanksgiving for crying out loud. So like I I don't think anyone should be concerned about the Packers and they're healthy. That's the thing. David Bakhtiari back in a rotation that I've just never seen before where they're just like, you get a series, you get a series back and forth. It was like a, it was like a college that, that had two quarterbacks and both of them kind of sucked, but you had to go back. Like they had the passer quarterback and the running quarterback uh, like that. That's, it was a weird thing, but David Bakhtiari's injury has been weird. Like it's been a bizarre 20 months of this guy not being on the field. So will he, won't he, will he play this week? He's probably going to play this week. Is he going to play the whole game? I have no idea. I don't know that Matt, La Matt LaFleur has got, just gotten to the point where he's just like, I'm sick of the questions. We'll see is his answer to everything. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just sort of like he's had enough, but he's also been burned. Like we thought going into last year training camp, David Bakhtiari, like all signs pointed to him being ready for week one. And then he wasn't. And then he wasn't again. And then he, and it was just sort of like, when are we going to, when are we going to get to the point where they, he can do the thing. And, and they, they basically never did until week 18. Now I still can't get the 17 game schedule straight in my head. Um, and so they come in Jair Alexander coming off of a groin injury, but he practiced. So we'll see what his status is for this game. They come in pretty healthy um, and, and coming off at least defensively, what was a really good game against the, the Buccaneers. So um not not the same sort of challenge this week, I don't think. So, Peter, the overwhelming story from afar looking at Green Bay was Devontae Adams is gone. Aaron Rodgers is back. Who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? So I will ask that simple question. Who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? Who is he falling in love with and who is he falling out of love with? I thought you were going to say ayahuasca, so I appreciate you went Devontae <laughs> Adams there. Uh, the well, I'm probably going to need some ayahuasca <laughs> after the game Sunday to be. I'm going to want to hallucinate because that'll probably be the only way I think any Pats fan is going to appreciate. It. <laughs> so Romeo Dobbs is the answer. Um, he is a, a fourth round rookie out of Nevada who I don't know why he fell as far as he did. I think part of it he's injured through the the pre draft process and didn't get to run for for teams until late in the process. Ran in. Depending on who you ask, what I was told was high four fours. Some teams will tell you low four, low four fives. He's faster than that. He looked faster than that in in college. Looked faster than that in training camp. He's dusting guys vertically, um, slot fades and and just go balls on the outside. He is fast, fast. Um, leads the Packers in targets so far this season. Um, ESPN just came out with these cool metrics where they tried to they use like their tracking dots data. I don't get the technology, but. They said he was one of the top 10 most open receivers through three weeks um, of the year. So they're finding ways to scheme him free. And then I think the big thing this week is Christian Watson, the second round rookie. Um, he can absolutely fly um, a four, three guy from North Dakota state. And he, I don't know that he wears number nine because all he does is run nine routes, but uh, <laughs> it, like if, if that's the case, if that's why he picks number nine um, good for him, because he just looks, he just looks so fast and you don't expect small school guys to get to the league. And on the first play of his NFL career, he runs right by Patrick Peterson. I don't know Patrick Peterson's not what he was before, but like just, just cooks him. And in week two against Jalen Johnson, one of the better corners in the league, double move. He's open down the field. Now Rodgers went down Lazar, picked up the first down, but this guy can push it vertically in a way that the Packers haven't had someone purely that fast, including Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 
who can threaten teams down the field, it, probably since Jordy Nelson in terms of just like pure, like, oh, crap. Um, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but yeah, um, sure. yeah, go ahead. The, the, the line that I've always loved from scouts is a guy has oh shit speed mm-hmm. and Christian Watson has oh shit speed. Yeah. And we have, oh shit defenders as in, oh shit, that guy just ran by me as well. Although I will give him his props, Jonathan Jones, the slot cornerback who's been forced to the outside because the Patriots don't really have a number one cornerback. They just have a bunch of potentially shifty, good five foot nine and under cornerbacks actually has rated out so far as pro football focuses best or highest graded cornerback, which is terrific. Uh, and they're, and he's got great speed too. You know, they did a nice job bottling and containing Miami only allowing 13 offensive points. Week one, week two, they go up against the Trubisky tragedy by the Allegheny and anybody should be able to hold them to 14 and under. And then last week they got, they got roasted. Now there's been internal debate and, I don't know, Andy, would you describe what's going on in New England right now as a civil war, if you will, between Patriots fans or Pats and team as to is it the process and coordinators? Is it Mac making mistakes? You know, but there's a lot of infighting going on in New England. Would you say, Andy? Certainly in New England, outside of New England. I mean, Mike Lombardi joining into it. Like if you blame the coaches, then you're being naive. And I think if you don't blame the coaches personally, you're being naive, Mike Lombardi. But yes, definitely some fighting yeah. going on. in Patriots. Yeah, there is like it's a good thing. Mac Jones probably won't play this weekend because if he didn't, if he didn't get his ankle rolled up by Calais Campbell last week, then all the buses that the Patriots threw him under or at least that Mike Lombardi did would have prevented him from playing as well. It's been rough. It's been really, really rough. And are, now, they, are they calling it the Boston OC party? Uh, wow, no, but I am going to give you full credit. Now, Andy knows how much I love a good portmanteau and a pun, uh, and he hates them, uh, uh, even though he makes as many dad jokes as I do. It's funny True. you say that because my line this week, Peter, about Brian Hoyer, who I call Hoyer the Destroyer, you know, will he be the destroyer of the Packers or more likely the Patriots? We found out this week his name is Axel. It's, his name is Axel Brian Hoyer. I saw that. Yeah, which is ridiculous because there's, great. there's there's no less hard rock looking a guy on planet Earth than Brian Hoyer. So my my question has been, so after Sunday, is it going to be Axel throws or Axel blows? And I have a feeling if we get the Brian Hoyer from two years ago against the Chiefs, we're going to be in trouble. What do you think the Packers are preparing for, though, uh, with the Patriots offense and likely Brian Hoyer under center? Well, I think after after a couple reps against this pass rush, he's going to have some axle grease in his pants because this is <laughs> this is not something that, well that I think someone who who can't really move, thank you, uh, is is going to be well equipped for. Um, Kenny Clark has been as disruptive as an interior pass rusher as we have in the league in a league where Aaron Donald is living and breathing and doing stuff. Um, Kenny Clark has been incredibly productive. Rashawn Gary, I just saw this great stat from Match Diamond at the Athletic. Since the beginning of 2021, only Micah Parsons has been more successful as a pressure creator per snap than Rashawn Gary. He has he has turned into an absolute monster. And what's so funny, guys, is Chase Winovich was the guy that if you were a college football fan, you're going, the Packers didn't even draft the best pass rusher on Michigan. And then Chase Winovich comes out, as you guys remember, I think he had like six sacks as a rookie. Like he looked like a he looked like a nice player. And their paths could not have gone in in more opposite directions, um, and and Rashawn Gary has become this force. They had they had eight pressures last week against Tom Brady in a game in which he averaged under two seconds to throw the ball. If you can create pressure in under two seconds, like if if they've been playing anyone but Tom Brady last week, they probably have six or eight sacks. And that's against Tristan Wirfs 
And, and like the, at least the right side of that offensive line is pretty good. The left side is pretty bad um, right now. And so I think that they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be able to create a lot of pressure on this Patriots um, passing attack such that we can call it an attack, but the run game is where the Packers are going to have to create something because they have not been a good run defense this season. They've not been a good run defense over the last couple of years. They're 20th right now in EPA per play, which is up from where it was last week and the week before. Um, and so if you're the Patriots, like that's how it's going to be Ramondre and Damian Harris all day, right? Like that just has to be the way that they find a way to win this game. It's like the Jimmy Garoppolo 2019 NFC championship game plan. Let Brian Hoyer throw the ball 12 times, run it for 200 yards if you can. And it the bills, the bills game plan from last year, right? Try and just make this about put three tight ends on the field and go, you know, throw back to like some wing T stuff from, from back in the day. Like that's, that's sort of where you got to go on this. I think. Yeah. Andy, I saw right before the podcast, uh, Patriots are first in rush DVOA on offense Packers last defensively so you think that's what we're gonna get and that's what i mean patriots fans are talking themselves into like oh we're gonna run the ball and you see the packers they're not really scoring points like this is this is doable but what fitzy left out earlier when he was bragging about jonathan jones grade is he left out the Jalen grade on the other end of that so um you know that certainly some uh susceptibility in the back end of the patriots and what i want to ask you is you mentioned the receivers, the young guys. I know Watson had an injury. He's coming back. Like internally or even in in Packer Nation, quote unquote, is there this feeling that this offense is is starting to approach its stride, hit its stride, be capable of of putting up points and taking advantage of the Patriots back end? Yeah, when you saw them, when you saw them march down the field on two consecutive drives against Tampa Bay, you just sort of go, Oh, okay. So this is what this offense can be. Right. And they're and they're about to go in for that third touchdown, and Aaron Jones fumbles at the at the goal line. Pretty uncharacteristic for a player who has been absolutely on fire to start the season. And the wheels came off a little bit, and they ate straight three and outs. And part of that was Todd Bowles made some adjustments. They started to play a little closer to the line of scrimmage. They were putting more guys in the box. Through two weeks, guys, there were three players in the NFL who had not faced a loaded box all season. Two of them played for Green Bay: Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And that's going to change. Teams are going to say, you have to run the ball against us to beat us. And we don't think you, we don't think you can throw over our heads. So here's eight guys in the box, one safety deep, and we dare you. The problem for the Patriots is um, 31st in success rate run defense and 31st in EPA per rush on defense. The run defense has been bad. And mm -hmm. so if, if that's going to be the thing, like how, how do you find a way to stop an offense that, yeah, has not looked great, but if, if they can run the ball, I just, if they can run the ball, that unlocks everything for this offense. The play action game has been phenomenal to start the season. Um, they've been getting those in breakers in behind linebackers. The linebackers are going to have to play so disciplined this week with the jet motion and the play action and all that stuff. The stuff that, by the way, the Patriots, it sounds like you can correct me if I'm wrong, are trying to put in their offense because they see it working. Um, and, and it, it does work for, for the Packers. So um, this, this season, the, the Packers are averaging almost seven yards per carry when they use jet motion. It's, it's wild. Um, and so that, that's going to be, I, I think, the, where, the, where the rubber meets the road for this game is, is on both sides, who can stop the run better? 
Um, and then, you know, obviously the quarterback play tends to be the difference in these games and Brian Hoyer versus Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's okay. It's a fair fight. Go ahead. I'll say it for you. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a total draw. It's at the, it, at the okay corral. I, it, obviously this, the, there may not be a greater mismatch in the NFL this weekend than Brian Hoyer versus Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and we saw what happened last time. Brian Hoyer had to go in and substitute for a Patriots starting quarterback against another NFL great. Patriots defense actually kind of balled out or showed out as Stefan Gilmore said they had to for a while until eventually mistakes were made and the levy broke. And it was kind of just like a disappointing Monday night loss. I think most Patriots fans would be thrilled if the Patriots could keep this within a touchdown or the spread, which by the way, opened at 10 and a half. You want to talk about moral victory Monday, Andy, if the Patriots only lose by four points, everyone in new England will be popping bottles and celebrating like in bill. We trust. I knew they could do it. The guy's still a friggin' genius guy. Um, but the line opened at 10 and a half and now it's down to nine. Now I know Mac Jones has told people in the building, don't count me out, but there's no way he's playing. It's Hoyer versus Rogers. And right. I just want to sort of um, end on this because I, I've counted him out. Yeah, we <laughs> Me too. we all everybody should. has. I'm sure Please everybody, Matt LaFleur, everybody. Yeah. Anybody with anybody who whose head is firmly planted on their shoulders and not up their derriere knows that Mac Jones is not playing. And it's it's and it's Brian Hoyer with private first class Bailey Zappi behind him. Um, but when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, like he gave a whole love letter to a big tongue bath to Coach Belichick earlier this week, buttered him up real good on the Pat McAfee show and I think they're which is a no Belichick move, by the way. No one oh, loves yeah. to butter up other uh, their opponents like Bill Belichick. I thought that was just like some some Kaiser Soze stuff. Yeah, borrowing a little okay. bit from the Belichick dojo on that one to to butter him up in advance. That was uh like sorry, Bill. We're gonna try not to beat you by too much, or at least like <laughs> you know the veil of friendship in advance of destruction on Sunday. But where are Packers fans? with Aaron Rodgers and mm. wh where like, where are things with Rodgers and the team Rodgers and fans? Like he's such a, he's such a quirky dude at, at one moment, lovable. And then last year in the middle of COVID and everything else, everybody, you know, the, what was it, inoculated routine? Like then all of a sudden he yeah, was public enemy number yeah. one immunized. Yeah. Yeah. Where are they? Well, first of all, do you guys want to see my toe? I can, I can. Show no, thank you. No, thank um, you. I hate feet. <laughs> So do I. This is not the Rex Ryan appreciation. The funny thing hour, was yeah. that that a week later, Billy Turner made the, made that exact joke and pulled out his foot just to like oh. just to oh. pimp Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Um, if you'd asked me this question a year ago, I would have given you a very different answer because I, I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers completely miscalculated how much support he had from Packer fans when he threw his hissy fit last spring. I think he completely miscalculated because I think he thought the reaction would be what it was right away which was um, they haven't done enough to get him receivers and th this has been an issue for years and yada, yada. And as we sort of moved along the summer, everyone was like, wait, do the Packers have the best roster in the league? Like, what is he whining about? What is really going on here? What is really the problem? Because the reporting then was he wants people fired. They gave him the contract offer that he wanted, made him the highest paid quarterback in the league. He didn't take it. And, and a lot of Packer fans were just sort of like, then screw this guy. Like, if he doesn't want to be here, we'll ride with Jordan Love. And I think that there is still some residual with that. And I think after, you know, I, any loss, there's going to be fans just going, we missed the chance. We could have given, gotten three first-round picks. Like, we would, have we would have taken the Russell Wilson package that they got a year later, all that stuff. But then when he came back and Devontae Adams left, I think what happened is it flipped again. It, it was a little bit like Russell Wilson in Oklahoma City, right? Like, 
Kevin Durant wanted to go. Russell Westbrook wanted to stay. And even though the fans liked Kevin Durant more, because Devontae Adams had the highest Q rating of a Packer player, like the highest approval rating of a Packer player in, I can't remember how long. He was absolutely beloved. So when he said, I'm out, and Rodgers said, I'm staying, then everyone was just sort of like, hell yeah, Rodgers is actually our guy. I knew it all along. The media, those liars, they made up all this drama. And then all the stuff that Rodgers was saying all along about how everyone was lying about what he was saying, um, they feel vindicated by that, even though he was saying all the stuff that the media said he was saying. And it's, we don't have to dive too far into that. But um, they're back. And, and they're on his side now. And, and ever since he said, he told the Bears and 70,000 Bears fans that he owned them. Like, I don't, I think, may, I can't, I'm not going to say he can do no wrong, but like, even, even amid the COVID stuff, fans were going, yeah, but I just, that's my guy. And I, and I think he's now, he's now, since he said, I'm going to retire here. This is, this is where I want to be. I think he's become re-embraced by, fans there's still a you know a, a minority fan base saying eh, this this guy still sucks and i still think there are some people that are like this guy's a weirdo but he's our weirdo and so we're just gonna we're just gonna have to deal with it same way the broncos fans are with mr cringe russell wilson and you oh. know I, I think i think even to an extent like there are some patriots fans that i in my life that i've heard from that felt that way about tom brady like yeah this guy's kind of a weirdo but like he's our weirdo and i'll buy avocado ice cream if it helps us win super bowls yeah, uh, I think that was very true for like the second half of the the Brady tenure, the last 10 years, as he sort of the Giselle, Alex Guerrero, TB12, Tom What's going Brady. on with his face, by the way? Well, that's what happens when you get face work done. And then if, I've been told face fillers like fade and sag and deteriorate. And also, he's like really sad right now. And he needs like, you know what he needs? He just needs like a, a brat and a plate of curds. He just like he needs. I he always need that. Yeah, I went to, I mean, my resting state when I'm awake is needing broad curtains. Yeah. Well. yeah, I know. Like, he's just like, he's so, like, his cheeks are all sallow. He looks like a weird, he looks like the Madame Tussauds version of Tom Brady right now. He, he no, he looks like, does. why does he have more better hair now than he's ever had in his whole life? Because it's all fake. His teeth are fake. His face is fake. And his hair is fake. It's all fake. Fake, 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 fake. Okay, sorry. Rant over. Um, so now, before we let you go, I have to get uh, the simple. By the way, if there are actually Packers fans who thinks Aaron Rodgers suck, tell them we'll trade right now Brian Hoyer for Aaron Rodgers anytime they want. Like, right up until okay. game time. We'll swap jerseys if need You can be. pick it, and also they can have any two players with the last name of Jones, because we have right. four. Pick your yes. favorite two. Um, but as we... Uh, even Mac, we got Mac, Jonathan, Jonathan, the best corner in the NFL, according to Fitzy. But we'll see how that plays out over the next uh, 14 weeks, um, including this one. So you you clearly the Packers are the better team. The Packers are at home. This might be talent wise, the greatest Delta in a QB matchup in NFL history. Forget this season. <laughs> I mean, pure physical ability. Aaron Rodgers versus Brian Hoyer. Not fair. So. That's Buster Douglas against Mike Tyson. It is, it, except we'll be watching. It won't be at midnight in Japan. Um, so how does this play out? I mean, is this a blowout? Are you uh, laying the points? How, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, hmm. Hmm. How to, uh, okay, mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't think the game is going to be particularly close. Um, I, it, like, it's not going to be some, some, like, 42 to nothing ass-kicking like that. Like, I, I just don't think Bill Belichick teams, even, even diminished versions of them, that doesn't happen to them very often. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking at like 28, 13, that kind of thing. Like, I just don't know how with Brian Hoyer against this defense, they're going to score more than 14 points. 
And I think with the, the run defense, the way that it is for, for new England, I don't know how they're going to stop this offense. So like, I think it's going to be a low drives number game. Every game so far for the Packers has been low drive numbers. Um, I think they've faced the second fewest number of plays in the league. Um, so it's going to be like, because no one throws any incompletions, <laughs> like it's all two shells. So everything gets completed underneath and tackled in bounds, or it's a run play. So there's no incomplete passes. Like this, this is going to be a two hour game. It's going to be great for, for those of us who have to cover this thing, because you get to, you get to be done and go have dinner with your family if you want. Um, and, or if you don't want, that's a problem for you, but that's a different issue. <laughs> or if you're uh, Tom Brady when they're not home. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think it's that kind of game. Um, I, th I think the Packers are going to be able to run it too well for, for this, um, for this Patriots offense to be able to match points with them. And I just, I think the Packers defense has found its identity. Um, they're playing with this, this nickel mindset where they, they drafted Quay Walker, who's been really good for them. And I just think that's that, that players like that are going to be the difference for them moving forward. Um, in, in a game where you just like the quarterback matchup is not close. So yeah, uh, you know, short of a, a major bed shitting, I think that's that's what you're looking at. Yeah, Can I ask I a quick question? If Aaron yeah. Rodgers got hurt on the first play of the game and it's Jordan Love versus Brian Hoyer, who are you taking? Hmm. I don't know that it changes the the defense much because we saw in, in Kansas City, the defense absolutely ball out against Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I still think the Packers would win, but I, I would take at least a touchdown off it. Um, so you're looking at like 20 to 13, that kind of thing, or 17, 13, there's only the Packers would win. I think Jordan love is one of the, is one of the better backup QBs in the league. Um, I think he might be like the fourth best, third best quarterback in the NFC North. Cause I don't think Justin Fields is it. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, so the only one, I guess you're not a huge believer in golf, huh? No, I, well, I think golf is ahead of Jordan love. And I think <laughs> cousins is ahead of Gordon, Jordan love. And then Aaron Rodgers. So then, yeah, he's fourth. Yeah, uh, and probably better in primetime with Kirk Cousins with his 2-37 and 37 record. That's the next time the Packers play the Vikes, it just needs to be in primetime. And you guys are absolutely Golden. set. Uh, you can go to theleap.substack.com if you'd like to subscribe and read Peter's work. He's also the host of Locked on Packers, which is the daily Packers podcast. He does an awesome job. You can follow him on the tweet machine at Peter underscore Bukowski. Peter, thank you so much for the time, my man. You have earned an ice cold line and Kugel on me and Andy. Go ahead and have a second. It's my favorite regional beer in America, so I wish I wish I could grab a couple right now as well. Um, thanks so much for the time, man. And it sounds like Andy and I, if the game goes according to your plan, are going to be on early with the post game Sunday, Andy. So uh, get like ready it. for get ready for extra yap. And Peter, have a great game Sunday. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, enjoy some Ganny Tall Boys on me. <laughs> wow, he even knew our beer. This guy's the best. Peter Bukowski, everyone. Some good stuff there from Peter Bukowski. Once again, you can follow his podcast at Locked On Packers. And of course, he's at Peter underscore Bukowski. Good stuff. A lot of stats. Uh, I think people might be sleeping on this team, not just this week, but on the whole on the season as well. Though I am kind of curious why the line went from 10 and a half down to nine. Where's all that public money coming in on the Patriots to maybe get an idea of what's going on with the Pats. Our guy, Jumbo, Andy Hart had a chance to catch up with mass lives. Chris Mason down at Gillette this week. Take it away, Andy. Back for another six rings and football things here at Gillette stadium. I am joined this week as we have teased every week. We hope to speak with a Patriots beat writer this week. The lucky, not so lucky. We'll find out in the next 12 to 15 minutes. Uh, 
candidate is Chris Mason, MassLive.com. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at ByChrisMason, which I was just told by him. I wasn't always sure what the hashtag, I mean, the uh, handle is. But Chris, thanks for joining us. And obviously, topic of the week, the topic of the next few weeks, the day-by-day topic, I guess, will be Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, his injury. You were obviously at Bill Belichick's press conference at Gillette Stadium on Wednesday. Uh, I guess just first and foremost, what was your general takeaway from Bill's press conference? He's taking it day by day. <laughs> well played. Um, but, no, I mean, I think he doesn't want to give away too much. He never wants to give away too much. But there were some nuggets to take away from that. I mean, the day by day is going to grab all the headlines. But, you know, he said that if he's not back, Brian Hoyer will start this weekend, which is something for him to say, right? And, I mean, he's always performative, but I, I thought there was some stuff to glean from it. And my takeaway, and I've been in a lot of those over the years, the, the one thing that I noted today is it was, it was not confrontational. I think the on to Cincinnati was more confrontational, the famous one back then. This, Bill almost had a um, coy or playful smirk on his face through most of the day-by-days. The one thing I will ask you, and me being the guy that has to fill four hours of radio occasionally, do you think the day-by-day increases the pressure on Mac Jones to return sooner rather than later, regardless of what maybe the expected timetable is? I mean, I think it does do that a little bit, right? Because day-by-day and week-by-week are different things. And even if you go back to Mac's press conference on Monday when he had a similar, like, day-by-day, day-by-day, like, one of the last questions was, is there any significance to you saying day-by-day instead of week-by-week? And he was like, yeah. He's like, then he like was like, oh, but we're just taking it day by day. So I do think there's like some, there's a different expectation, right? Like you're trying to get ready to go every day. It's not, I'm just going to be sitting here for the next four weeks. And you know, when four weeks roll around, then maybe we'll see. It's, I do think there's an expectation there that like, yeah, get back as quick as you can. So one of the other aspects of this, and people are tying it into the history of Bill Belichick injuries, Rob Gronkowski, players that have some leverage is, are they on the same page? Or Bill, the team, when you hear second opinion, some people jump to the conclusion, oh, you didn't like the first opinion. Are you seeking out an opinion that more agrees with your side as the player? Where do you stand on that? Do you think this is an early test of the relationship to see maybe how all-in or how all-patriot Mac Jones is? Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I don't really see it that way. I think it's more a 24-year-old kid who is weighing his options, you know, where 
I this is really like we heard him say on EEI this week. The only other injury he's really ever had is falling off the monkey bars and breaking his arm. So I think this is kind of a new thing. And when you're that age and you hope to have a long career ahead of you, I don't think you want to have surgery if you don't need to, right? Like that's just kind of common sense, especially if the timelines kind of add up the same either way. So I think that's more him just exploring his options and being like, all right, like what do I need to do to get back here? And how like how do the different timelines add up? I think that's a, I'm glad you brought that up um, because I do think that's important. Not only does he not have a history to fall back on or a trust even to fall back on with the Patriots in terms of injuries, he doesn't have a history or a trust to fall back on anywhere with any doctor, with his own body. You know, he doesn't know, you know, if he were a 15-year veteran who'd had 27 surgeries, you know, four on his knees, three on his shoulder, he, he probably would say, yeah, cut me however many times you want. I've been through this before. But I think the newness of this having – you know, said never missed a game due to injury. So this is a new experience, not having an injury. I do think that's a layer here. But transitioning, I think you and I both agree, we're not going to see Mac Jones for a while. So that means we're going to see Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer against Aaron Rodgers, one of the more interesting matchups in NFL history, but in a weird way, um, the divide in pure physical talent between these two guys on Sunday is probably the greatest delta we've ever seen. But what are your expectations from Brian Hoyer? Is there a huge drop-off? Not a huge drop-off? Can he do the job? Can he, for a couple of weeks, where, where do you stand on Brian Hoyer? Uh, from Mac, I think there is a significant drop-off there. And just watching them in training camp, watching them, like, even in preseason games, I think, you know, Mac went to a Pro Bowl last year as a rookie, and, you know, you could say injury replacement, whatever. But either way, the fact that he's in that conversation, and then you go to a quarterback who has not won a game as a starter since 2016. Like, that's just the reality of it. So I think what they're going to ask Brian to do is, you know, just try and play mistake free and keep it respectable. You know, I don't think anyone is expecting the Patriots to go in there and like no one's expecting Hoyer to go toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, keep it respectable. Don't like just don't turn it into an embarrassing thing. Like, you know, just do your job, operate within what you can do. Don't try and do too much and just like try and keep it simple. Yeah, I think it's interesting perspective because you're right. He He's 0 for his last 11, and Mac Jones won 10 games as a rookie a year ago. So there's a divide there. There's supposed to be a divide. One was a first-round pick, the 15th overall pick. One is a late-round journeyman backup. But then you look at the more recent, Mac Jones just threw three interceptions. Mac Jones is 1-2. and two. So take care of the football. Don't turn it over. And I guess that leads us to the, the Mike Lombardi comments this week on GM Shuffle that maybe Mac was in danger of losing his job if he kept throwing interceptions, which – I think it's borderline ridiculous. But, hey, he's got a podcast. We all have podcasts. We want people to listen. You say things sometimes. But for the here and for the now, maybe the bar is not really all that high in terms of what Brian Hoyer has to do to just be, you know, good enough or competitive for they have no other options that are any better right now. Yeah. I mean, I do think those comments are, like, borderline crazy where it's like, Max going to get benched for Hoyer? Like, I, I just don't see that as a realistic thing. And obviously, Bailey Zappi is still a ways away. Like, when you have Bill this week or today, essentially being like, yeah, uh, it's Brian on Sunday. Not, oh, we'll see. We'll see how the practice week goes. It's like, no, that's Bill's way of saying, like, he's not close. So, I do think there's a significant drop off there. And, yeah, I just – what was the question again? No, <laughs> just in terms of the bar being set, like – yeah, there's a drop-off in general because Mac Jones, first-round franchise quarterback, but what he actually did most recently was not play at an overly high level. Yeah, but I think that's not really Mac. I think that's the offense as a whole where they've been janky all summer, and it just feels like there's 
like even with the zone running stuff over the summer, it feels like there's somebody that's missing the assignment on every single play. Like they're not on the same page. And I don't think that's just on the quarterback. And I think some of it is what they're asking Mac to do this year, which is throw up more 50-50 balls, take more chances, push down the field. And I think you do that with Mac because he has you think he has a higher ceiling than Brian has right now, you know? With Hoyer, it's like you know he's not going to go out there and sling it. He's not going to be that like 50-yard bomb guy. It's like, all right, just try and dink and dunk, make make the safe throws, make the smart throws and like I, I mean, they're what ten, eleven point underdogs. Like, even if you keep it around that spread, it's it's respectable in Green Bay. I just don't think they want to get embarrassed this week. And then you know, try and get right when you have the soft schedule coming up. Try and build a little momentum, and good things happen there. But yeah, I think those two are just on different planets. If they are able to, let's just say, keep it respectable this week. Cover, as they say in the gambling industry, and and then figure things out in the next couple of weeks. And without Mac. Who are some guys, because we always hear backup quarterback, other players say, well, you know, we all need to do a little bit more now. We need to share the load. Who are some guys that you would say these three or four guys need to step up because you're not going to win because of Brian Hoyer. Other guys are going to have to do the job. Uh, I look at the tight ends right away, Uh, specifically Hunter Henry, who was a big factor in the offense last year. Like he was after Jacoby Myers. He was Max go to guy in like especially in the red zone too. like when they got down there. He was going to Hunter all the time, and he really just hasn't done much this year. And you can lump Johnny Smith into that, too, where I think the bar or the expectations for him are lower based on that year. But it, you want your tight ends playing well if you have a quarterback that's kind of limited, you know, like middle-of-the-field guys, hit them, get open, and try and make something happen after the catch. So those are two that I look at right away. And then the offensive line, like you really you need them communicating it on the same page, which I think that's been an issue where you've seen it's, – it's like basic stunts that they're not picking up, you know, like like a twist that you see in high school and guys run through. One of the sacks last week, they had seven blockers and five Ravens coming, and there's still a free rusher that hits Mac. I think they, like, need to just sure up that communication because, you know, they have the talent. They have the guys there. It's just a matter of execution. Uh, first uh, game out of the gates here for Hoyer. Um, I think we all expect they probably should lose, even though the Packers are not exactly, you know – running through opponents right now but they played they're coming off a was it 14 13 win over tom brady and the bucks but that bucks defense has shown that it's pretty good aaron Rodgers still trying to find his receivers their defense is probably maybe better than it's played at times um just in terms of this game this matchup going to lambeau field on sunday how do you how do you think this plays out i know you said earlier you think they maybe could keep it within the 10 10 and a half points whatever it is but how do you think the game plays out I think a lot of it depends on whether or not the guys that you pick to step up actually do with Stevenson and Harris. You know, I know it's kind of like road game cliche, but if they can go and run the ball and bleed some clock and just give Aaron Rodgers fewer possessions, I think if they keep the score down, then that's like best case scenario for them, right? Just get Stevenson and Harris going four or five yards of carry, bleed the clock and just run it down that way. I think that's best case scenario. I don't know if that's the most realistic scenario. He's Chris Mason, MassLive.com. On Twitter, you can get him at ByChrisMason. Make sure you throw that by in there, B-Y, Chris Mason. I'm Andy Hart. This is the Six Rings Podcast. If you want to follow us, rate us, we would very much be happy that you did that. Download the Odyssey app or get us anywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you normally get your podcasts. All right, Andy. We had a chance to hear about what's going on with the Packers And, of course, nice little interview. Thank you very much, Chris Mason from Mass Live, telling us about Mac and the Pats as they prepare to take on the Pack. I have tried every single possible way to talk myself into Axel Brian Hoyer 
finding a way, as we mentioned in the Packers interview, to pull a Buster Douglas and somehow keep up with, if not shock the world, and knock out the Mike Tyson of football that is the Packers. Hell, I'd be thrilled if it even was like Rocco Mediate versus uh, Tiger Woods. I'm looking for any possible underdog story in the world. Andy, is there any way the Patriots can keep this game as close as they did the Ravens game last Sunday? Yes. So we know that everybody thinks Aaron Rodgers will crush Brian Hoyer. And we think that Peter even believes that Jordan Love would beat Brian Hoyer. But the good news is third string Packers quarterback and old friend Danny Etling. If he has to play, I think the Patriots have a chance. Other than that, um, no, I'm not feeling great about this. And the more you talk to Peter about the Packers, like he gives you the impression, whether it's Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson coming back or the defense that there's the opportunity that the Packers are underrated right now, because I've heard a lot of Patriots fans like, Oh, look at them. They only scored 14 points. And those came in the beginning of the game. And, and I was like, first of all, yeah, they're finding themselves. Second of all, you're not the Bucks defense. Your defense mm-hmm. is not the Bucks defense. That's a pretty good nope. defense. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I would say where I disagree with Peter a little bit, I think he is underrating the Patriots run defense. And mm-hmm. I think some of those numbers were swayed by last week's performance, big plays and Lamar Jackson and everything that happened in that game. I actually thought their run defense was pretty good. The first two weeks down in Miami, I think Mm -hmm. it was under three yards a carry. Then it was Mm -hmm. under 50, 50 yards for Najee Harris. So if the Patriots run defense steps up, I'll feel better. The problem is I don't feel great against the matchup against Aaron Rodgers. You had a special QB on the other side a week ago, Lamar Jackson, who looked like he was going to make whatever plays he needed to make along the way to beat you no matter how many points you scored, same thing. And you could argue that basically the Packers receivers are kind of on par with, if not equivalent to the Ravens receivers. It's just that the Ravens happen to have one of the three best tight ends in football and Mac Andrews, who had himself a game last week as well. No, I I hear you. And look, Rogers, when he's on is a clinician, he's a surgeon. Like he throws freaking lasers out there, Mr. Bigglesworth. And I expect him to be on point because he want, he's never really had a signature Aaron Rodgers game. No, I did. Excuse me. 2014, that was a hell of a game. The 27-21 or 26-21 victory um, against the against the Patriots. That was a hell of a game. So he did have one signature Aaron Rodgers 26-21. 26-21, yes. Okay. Uh, you used a computer. I used the ultimate supercomputer, no, which I is my, my size Patriot, eight and a quarter. Uh, press release, uh, Aaron. All right, all right. And oh, company someone's humble nice bragging document. that they went to the stadium this week. Good for you. Point well, I had being, to see Axel. I had to see Axel did, in person. He did have a signature Aaron Rodgers game. And then in 2018, he was stymied at the stadium. We all know how that season ended up for the Patriots. Uh, I'm not looking for him to try to bury Belichick or like deliver the death knell for the Patriots, which, you know, we've heard 5,000 times already in this life. Like it's the death of the dynasty. We're long since past that. I just want the past to be competitive this week. Um, my fear is that with Lawrence Guy out of practice a bunch of times this week, a key part of the defensive line, maybe not the biggest or the strongest person, but you know, the Ravens started running a hell of a lot more and running better. Once Larry guy was out last week, if he can't go this week, now you're subbing in the equales and the Kyle Davises and whatnot for him in his place. And you're looking at a great offensive line, a, a really strong and healthy offensive line with the Packers, just like any team. So goes their trenches. So goes the team and two awesome running backs, Aaron Jones, super versatile, Flex him out wide. Uh, he's a dynamite receiver as well. An old pal, A.J. Dillon from BC, like, he's a hammer. He is an absolute hammer. They may just, 
they don't probably care about winning by 30. They're just going to want to grind the Pats down this week and just get out with the dub, I bet. Yeah, and that's where it could end up. I know the number in the 10 range, for depending mm-hmm. on when you got it during the week, where you got it. Um, I think there are some people that are confident that, somewhere, sort of like Peter said, like maybe the Patriots can keep it close. They don't play. But the only problem I have is mm-hmm. the Patriots haven't been that team really for a year and a half. Like they do make mistakes. They give you know, good quarterbacks, good right. teams, opportunities. So I just, I do not feel good about the Patriots' chances. I don't, you know, you look at the quarterback matchup that I joked, the, just the skill is one thing. Aaron Rodgers, one of the top three, four skilled quarterbacks in the history of the game. And Brian Hoyer is who he is. And he's oh for his last 11 as a starter. Mm-hmm. The last win barely counts because it was against the lions when you know they were the lions before Dan when what when was the last way i haven't bothered looking that up i'll be completely it honest. was the lions it was 2016 week four something like that i looked oh it up the other day it was, it was he was with the bears and it was against the lions um but like he's going against a guy whose streak is mvps consecutive mvps you can't win a game over 11 chances this guy wins back-to-back mvps so you know, if you stop the run, let's just say the run defense does a good job mm-hmm. for the Patriots. Let's just okay. say Lawrence guys fill in fine. You're fine. Well, I, their receivers are not incapable. And I'll be honest, after you, after listening to Peter, I'm more up on their young receivers when he's talking about Watson blowing by people scary fast, kind of what we were hoping. And Bob's has the moves plus sneaky good speed. Yes. And, you know, so that, and it's Aaron Rodgers. I generally, that, that veteran we saw Brady do it at times. Oh, yep, I'll win a game with Kembrell Tompkins. I'll win a game with Aaron Dobson or whatever. We certainly saw Manning over the years, the Austin Collies of the world. Mm-hmm. That's who Aaron Rodgers is. And I'm just not sold that the Patriots defense is good enough right now to either take away the run, make them one-dimensional through the air, and then pounce on that opportunity, or vice versa. So, And then I... I I'm fearful that the turnovers are going to continue against that defense. Brian Hoyer, I know... The spin is that the KC game, it was weird because it was COVID and it was a Tuesday night and they flew out late and the planes and he's worried he had COVID and he didn't get the reps, but I'm sorry. He, he is who he is going up against a pretty good pass rush, a pretty good defense. And let's not forget this offense has been giving up runaway rushers with Mac Jones out there. So the communication could even take a step back. So if you get some runaway rushers that are hitting Brian Hoyer, Okay, you hit him as he releases. Oh, my God, the ball's floating through the air, interception. I just – I don't think the turnovers are going to stop. You know what I do think are going to stop? The big plays that Mac was starting to hit. I'm concerned mm-hmm. that those are going to disappear. No. And if, Goodbye. If this, if, if this offense doesn't have big plays, then they literally are just Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not ready to say that the Patriots can run for 280 and just win the game. No, I mean, I want to say that this is the Ramondre Stevenson breakout game, but he's basically going up against what he – hopes to be one day in Aaron Jones as well. Damian Harris, uh, A.J. Dillon, kind of comparable running backs as well. Their offensive line has more continuity and is healthier at this point. And their defensive line is way better. You heard the way Peter talked about Kenny Clark as like the second coming of Aaron Donald as well. That could be a game record right there. I'm going to set the over-under at 20 and a half number of pass attempts from Brian Hoyer. If the Patriots go under that, that means they have actually kept the game close. If he goes over that, there's not a chance in hell that they're, they're going to come away from this game with the win. And again, I meant it when I said it, like if this is a seven point or under defeat, 
Monday moral is victory a Monday. massive moral, moral victory 100%. Monday, and we'll be borderline oh, popping bottles and celebrating on the Six Rings postgame show on Sunday night. It'll still be one and three, but yeah, I know. But but at least there'll be hope that maybe when they get to the softer part of the schedule with the Lions, who I think are more game and tougher than others, may give them credit for regionally in the Jets, they'll have a chance. So I don't see Rodgers lighting up the scoreboard with five touchdowns the way that LaMarvelous did last week. I got Packers 23, Patriots 13. So you could have the Patriots covering. At ten and a half, right? If they did, I got it at ten and a half. I put a little sprinkle okay. on earlier this week. I, I'm okay. saying if you can get the Patriots at the original line, you should feel goodish. I love the under in this game. Was that goodish? Uh, goodish. Well, goodish. well, adjacent. not good. Okay. Goodish. Oh, okay-ish. So, uh, I don't think they keep it close. Um, I actually think it might be closer. And then a late interception, turnover, something sways mm. it. Easy score for the Packers. I think the Patriots probably give up 30 again. I'm going to say uh, something like 33-13 Packers. Uh, um, Larry Bird to 13. Woof. Yeah, because uh, right now the Patriots are unlucky. 13, unlucky number. They're just mm-hmm. – things are not going the Patriot way right now. And uh, You don't say. That's, that's problematic when you're headed to Lambeau Field to face Aaron Rodgers and you have – your Hoyer, the destroyer, Axel, mm-hmm. call him whatever you want to call him. I'll call him a journeyman backup quarterback who's not ready to Who go. He was win. never intended to play. He's supposed to just be a de facto assistant quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator, right. uh, slash football academy on the weekends guy, somewhere between Canton and Foxborough. Instead, now he's been pressed yep. into service. Uh, I hope we don't see Bailey Zappi on Sunday because if we do, that means shit's gone real south real fast. Uh, this is tough, Andy. I, I mentioned it earlier. I'll say it again. Like the fracture in Patriots Nation this week, Hoyer the Destroyer, if you will, has a chance to like hold both sides together as best as he possibly can. But if they go out there and they are offensively inept and, you know, they're flopping around like a fish on, you know, you're a boatsman. You know, the, the fish is just flopping around on the boat, sadly, and then you just put it down and just gut it right there. Now you just knock it out, just billy club it. If the Patriots are that fish this Sunday, then I'm not going to – oh, it's going to be brutal around here because then people are going to be talking about, like, this team's going to lose to the Vikings, this uh, the, the Lions and the Jets, and they have no chance. Like, Hoyer, he's got a job Sunday, and it's not just to, like, take the ball and hand it to Harrison Stevenson. He's got to try to keep them close. So you think he is pulling together portions of Patriot Nation? Um what was Hoyer that? The healer. Hoyer the healer. That's who he's going to have to be. Did you ever learn about the early uh, settlers used to, what was it called? Drawn and quartered? Or maybe it was the yes. medieval. Yeah, medieval times. That was medieval. Drawn yeah. and quartered. That's what's going to happen to Hoyer. He's going to get torn into two different directions. He's, he's going to be William Wallace being <laughs> Well, we're all going to probably feel like we're in an Iron Maiden Sunday watching this one. But let's hope that Hoyer the healer can. Keep it together. For our producer, Justin Turpin, great job, buddy. Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers, who did a great job joining us. Chris Mason, thank you very much for your time and perspective from Mass Live. I'm your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens at Fitzy GFY. He's Andy Hart at Jumbo Hart. We will talk to you guys Sunday immediately following Patriots Packers on the Six Rings postgame show. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Follow it at Six Rings Pod. And we will talk to you later. Go Pats. See you. 
Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.